This is Melinda Bombash, and this is my podcast, Callous Hands Pray the Hardest, where my life in agriculture meets scripture. So buckle up, buttercup, I'm going to tell some stories. Good Monday morning, guys. I'm coming to you live from 77, driving on this foggy Monday morning back to Ohio like normal. Um, Short week for me this week. I only have class and lab Monday and lab Tuesday. And then I'm headed back to Washington because Wednesday I have my second exam. So, short week in Ohio this week. Um, It's really freaking foggy this morning. Like, I only have about probably a half mile of visibility. So, um, ignore my pauses in speaking because I can't really see. Um, The leaves are turning. It's actually kind of pretty when... You know, you get a, a better visibility. It's kind of pretty. Um, but today I'm talking about the will to fix my farm and the non-existency of such thing. Um, if any of you have been on the Facebook page, I did do a live video where I kind of rode Comet around a little bit and showed the extent of how much damage and overgrowth there is at my farm since I moved back home. Because in all reality, nobody really took care of it for about three or four years. So, there's a lot to do to try and make B&B farms functionable again. Um, I did go to the pain management doctor uh, this past week. Um, We're going to try injections in my back to see if that... um, to see if that causes any relief so I can be functionable again. Um, if not, there's a couple more options, but that's going to be the first option. And there, I learned some other things about my back that, you know, they're really kind of surprised that I'm still ambulatory. So that's kind of cool. Um, it's not every day you have a doctor come in really surprised that you're still walking. So, um, let's get this started, I guess. with and kind of got this idea started was, um, oh lord, first the the Lozians 5.14, encourage the disheartened, help the weak, be patient with everyone. I just chucked the paper if you couldn't hear that. I'm living out of my car basically, it's destroyed. If my back didn't hurt so bad today, I was going to clean it out because there's stuff everywhere. I wish... I wish you guys could see the inside of my car. It's horrible right now. There's sunflower seeds everywhere. I might have spilt the cup the other day. Anyway. Oh, it's better than a spit cup, I guess. Um, hey, I'm in Tuscarawas County. Um, try saying that. If you think Duquesne's bad and, you know, stuff like that, try saying Tuscarawas County and some of the crap up here. Um, but, um, yeah trying to find the will to fix the farm. It's not easy. I'm getting hounded on all sides. Neighbors yelling that they need the fence fixed because trees fell on it. Um, last time I checked, I don't have any trees in my field. So I'm really confused on how trees falling on fence lines is my fault in the first place. Um, you know, and then I have some other people yelling that I need to fix fence lines. I, you know, you need to get those fixed. You need to get those fixed. 
Um, did you guys ever watch Sleeping Beauty? And when Prince Philip tries to get to there, and the thorns are, like, way up above the castle, and, like, he's going up there with the, the sword, and the thorns are, like, way above his head, and he's, like, making a, a tunnel through the swords? That's basically what I have to do to find my fence line. The multiflora rose bushes have actually overtaken the fence to the point where I don't know where the fucking fence posts are. Some parts of the fence, I'm not sure. Like, I know distance ways where the fence post should be, but I can't see the fence posts. And I'm expected to go up there and just fix fence. Okay. Um, sure. I'll get right on that. Hopefully after these injections and stuff, I can hopefully start doing some stuff again. Right now, can't do it. I had people, I had two boys, Kelly, Chris came before, you know, Chris came afterwards, my stepdad was kind of helping a little bit, I had a friend Courtney come up there, and we only made it 40 feet in one day. Now that's two, three, four, five, six, seven people when we made it 40 feet in one day. So I don't know how me as one person is supposed to like magically go, you know, a mile of fence line. So, you know, trying to find the will to do this is killing me. I, you know, I, I need the encouragement. I have no encouragement. I hate to say that, but it's the honest truth. What encouragement do I have? Every time I go up there, something else breaks. Every time I go up there, something else is hurt. Every time I go up there, some you know something else. Oh, here's another hundred dollars that I gotta spend. Here's another two hundred dollars that I have to spend. Oh look, the pony shed's broken. Oh look, the roof's caving in. Oh look, now the barn's leaning. Oh look, now this is broken. Oh look, now it's time to put out round bales. Oh look, now the tractor won't start. Oh look, now I gotta buy new batteries for the tractor. Oh look, now the glow plugs don't work. If the glow plugs don't work, I can't start the tractor all winter. Encourage the disheartened, not scream at them. Internally, I wish I could, you know, function that, but it's not happening today. You know, e you know. even yesterday, we put out the first round bale. Summer's officially over. Both tires on the front end of Eustace were flat. And rolling him up to the house where I could plug in the air compressor, I rolled one of the tubes, which means the little valve to put air in the tire was hidden. I have a five pound weight limit. How am I supposed to spin the tire to get the, the tube back where it belongs? You know, welcome to being a farmer. Not, not always fun. Nothing, nothing says being a farmer like sitting in your front yard after you've almost crashed into the front porch. You know, don't tell mom that I almost crashed into the gnomes in the front yard. Um, with a 460 tractor. Google that. Google Farmall 460 pony front end tractor to see how big my tractor is. And realize that I drove it in, in between her camper 
and her Kia in the front yard with two flat tires and almost ran into the porch of the house. Don't tell her that. She's going to listen to this podcast and realize what I did. Sorry for the ruts in the front yard, Mom. <laughs> I'll fix the ruts. It's okay. I'll put some grass seed on them. It'll be fine. But, you know... Trying to fix everything by yourself sucks. Trying to find the encouragement sucks. And that's, you know, I, I posted it the other day. So we're, we're going to call this a, an informational podcast. To try and like, you know, I want to do my little advocate thing here. So, this is harvest season. As I'm driving around right now, while I'm driving up and down the highway, I'm in Ohio. All you can see is cornfields, soybean fields. Little bitty town, cornfield, soybean field. Oh, there's a house. Okay, that's what it looks like driving through Ohio. If you've ever driven through Ohio, driven, not driven. Wow, I don't know where that came from. Ignore me. Um, you've probably seen this. Cornfield, soybean field. The next year it'll be flip-flopped. That's called crop rotation in Ohio. They have no idea how to do proper crop rotation. They just spread enough shit that it works. Um, so, because of the weather and moisture content and everything with the corn, depending on if they're, they're getting seed corn or silage, they have to harvest that all within a moisture content. Okay? So, if it's going to be silage... They have to harvest all of that before the corn turns brown. Because that corn still needs to have a certain percentage of moisture in it to make it silage. Now, silage is a fermented product for the cow that's really high in energy. And I'm not going to go into the whole thing of how a cow's stomach works because I'll lose you all and y'all, like, turn off the podcast. That's what's really interesting to me. That's what I actually wanted to go to school for is for ruminant nutrition because I find it freaking fascinating how a cow can eat a cellulose-based plant, turn it into a gas, make it work, turn it into meat or milk. That's what I find interesting in life. I'm not going to bore you with that. I probably just lost you all in the 15 seconds that it took me to explain that. So, I'm going to keep going. So, I posted it on my personal Facebook page. I live across from a veal farm when I'm up here in Ohio. Probably lost a couple of you there, too not as bad as you think it is. Veal isn't baby calf. It's actually a cow that's under a year age. So, it's not an itty-bitty baby calf. It's a cow that's less than a year old. Um. So, they're like juvenile cows over there bouncing around in pens. But they're, they're cutting down silage. Those silage wagons were up and running at about 5.30 Tuesday morning. I know this because I started to hear them and they woke my happy butt up. Because we live pretty close to the road. I watched them go back and forth on the road. There was about eight of them running. So at any given time, there were four going down the road, four going back up the road. They kept going all day. They were still running at about 11.30 midnight because that's when I finally passed out. I don't know how late they actually ran. Now think about that. that those eight people... Plus the people who were running the choppers. I don't know how many people were running the choppers in the field. There was probably two or three people running choppers with that many silage wagons going back and forth. 
were going all freaking day. That was more than a that was more than a 12-hour day chopping to get the fields done within that that moisture content period. Okay, they did all of that work to get that feed stuff in for those cows. Do you realize that most farmers only get 15 cents on a dollar of what you spend in the grocery store? So for every dollar you spend in the grocery store, a farmer's only getting 15 cents. Think about how much work goes into that. Most of my friends are farmers. And they're up at the butt crack of dawn. Their day starts normally 6, you know, 5.30, 6 o'clock in the morning. And doesn't end until 11 o'clock. Like the one farm we went to, they milk 300 and some head a day, three times a day. Their first milking starts at 3.30 in the morning. Their last milking starts at 7.30. It's a four-hour milking. That means their milking doesn't get done until 10.30 plus cleanup. That's 11 o'clock. They're doing all of that work and have to pay all those workers and everything, and they're only making 15 cents on a dollar. I'm going to give you guys a couple seconds to think about that. These are the farmers that, you know check on the cows all the time that take time away from they can't always make it to the baseball game for their little boy because maybe a cow went down or a tractor broke or something went wrong on the farm or the moisture content's wrong it's going to rain the next two days they have to they have to cut that silage down or they're going to miss the chance to get the proper silage and the silage isn't going to be as good, which means they're going to have to buy extra grain, which is going to take away from that 15 cents a dollar they're going to get. And they're going to have problems paying for their son to play t-ball next year. Where's the encouragement there? They're not getting the encouragement. Instead, instead you guys are sharing stupid shit on Facebook that says they're, they're, they're feeding GMO corn. They're spreading pesticides. They're spreading, you know, they're, you know, you guys don't know. Ask a real farmer. Quit, quit playing on Google. Ask a farmer instead of Google. You'll get a better answer. Ask us why we do things. Ask us why we're spreading shit. Would you rather us spread shit or would you rather us spread a chemical on the ground that can leach into the waterbeds easier? Would you rather us dehorn the calves or would you rather us have to spend hundreds of dollars that we don't have and charge more money for milk that cows have gorged themselves fighting over, you know, a salt block? Would you rather us nip the tails off the baby pigs, or would you rather them chew, chew it off of each other when they're about 60, 70 pounds because they're playing and cause massive infections in which we have to give them antibiotics 
and spend more money. So not only have we given them antibiotics that you guys don't want us to give, but we've also let them get in, gotten sick and have to charge more money for your pork. Would you rather us keep chickens in three by three cages so we can keep them clean and your eggs clean, which is less money? Or would you rather us keep them in giant free run pens where they peck the shit out of each other and kill each other? Again, ask a farmer, don't Google it. if you're patient enough with us to give us give you the answer. We also need encouragement. Farmers are the most beaten down industry in the world. All we do is get yelled at. Guess what? If we quit, who's going to feed you? Do you know how to grow your food? Do you know how to milk a cow? Do you know how to cut up your own meat? You got to you got a beef cow in the backyard? You got chickens running around in your backyard? If the farming industry would go on strike, the world would crumble. But instead, all we do is get beaten down and keep going. Farmers have one of the highest suicide rates in the world because of debt and stress. That, we're too freaking proud to ask for help. I'm guilty of it just as much as anybody else. I can fix it, it's fine. I don't need your help. I can trudge through my fence lines myself. I'll figure out how to fix the barn. I can fix the roof on the barn. I'll figure out how to make a shelter for the horses. I'll figure it out. I'll get it. So that's what I really want you guys to think about. Encourage the disheartened. Help the weak. Be patient with everyone. Okay, so a little bit of advocacy this morning. Um, you know, just, I listen to podcasts most of my way here while I'm trying to gather my thoughts before I do this podcast for you guys. Um, you know, they were talking in 2020, that gap 15 cents a dollar is probably going to drop probably to 13 or 14 cents a dollar. That's really going to start hurting. Um, you're going to see your prices in the grocery store start going up to help that gap. Um, you can kind of cut your costs, if you will, if you would buy from your local farmer. That's cutting out the middleman. That's cutting out, you know, travel time and stuff. So you can shop at your local farmer's market. You can get a hold of your local farmer. You can buy from your local farmer. Um, if you want to know or get in touch with a local farmer for produce or meat, get a hold of me. 
I have some local connections. I can tell you, um, you know, if you're in the Western PA area, you know, Washington area, um, I can hook you up with beef, pork, lamb, chicken, eggs, and some produce. Grass-fed, grain-fed, whatever you want. I Organic, even. I can, I can get you in touch with people. I know some organic farmers. Um, I even know where you can get flour. Different kinds of flour if you'd want. Um, different grain flours. Um, you know, uh, da, 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 da. yeah. I mean, the best way to, you know, cut your costs on that is to shop at your local farmer's market even. Um, I know it's kind of fall. that That's kind of coming to an end. There's a bunch of different butcher shops and stuff that are still doing local produce and everything. So if you, you know, again, if you want to cut your costs, buy from your local places. I can get you in touch with those things and I can tell you. Um, I guess I could also post it on the Facebook page. Um, where to buy local. Um, help my friends out there, I guess. Um, there's also, uh, maybe, possibly... I might be running for, like, not just, okay, so there's a thing called, um, Miss USA Agriculture, you can look it up, um, it's kind of a hokey thing, um, you don't actually have to run, you can just sign up and register and they'll send you a sash and a crown, it's for advocacy things, um, but there also is a competition, it's held in Altoona, and then the national thing is held in Akron, um, it's kind of like a beauty pageant, not really. It's more of a advocacy kind of pageant. Um, there's an interview and an essay kind of thing. I'm looking more into it. I sent them an email and stuff for more information. May or not be running for that, just in case you wanted to laugh for the day. That's kind of a beauty pageant kind of thing. If you wanted to laugh, ask for a lot more information for that. That's held next year. Um, thought I'd give you guys a laugh after my little soapbox spiel. But anyway, the kindest thing you can do for me is like this, share this, love this, you know, give me some likes. Also, you know, doing a little bit of self-promotion. If you give me a review, this makes this so searchable. Um, unfortunately, schematically and, you know, everything, I'm not searchable until I get some reviews. So, um, if you have listened to more than two or three podcasts, could you leave me a review? So, you know, people can start searching for this. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I need to say. I don't think there's anything else I need to say. Um, yeah. Uh, like this, love this, share this. Talk to you guys all next week. Prayers. Bye.